Today's episode marks number 50, number 50 in the Ask the Planner podcast, and today I am changing it up and answering real-life questions from you all, the listeners, and our followers on Instagram, as well as announcing something really fun for all of my aspiring wedding planners out there. So let's get to it. Listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Today's episode is brought to you by The Planner's Playbook. If you want to fast track your wedding planning career, The Planner's Playbook is your secret to planning, designing, and coordinating magazine-worthy weddings. Even with over 15 years of wedding and event planning experience, I still need a business coach to make sure I'm achieving all of my career goals, and that coach is Candice Coppola. Candice has put together an incredible program for wedding planners who are five years or less into their business called The Planner's Playbook. Planner's Playbook gives you the training and support you need for a successful wedding planning business, including a supportive community and solid systems and processes that make wedding planning easy. Every month, you receive a new wedding planning playbook straight to your inbox. It's filled with tangible advice on everything from how to plan a tented wedding to preparing client budgets, pricing your services, and so much more. The Plast Playbook was over 50 pages of amazing information. How can you say no? Access to the Planner's Playbook opens only four times a year, but you can join anytime by using my unique link. To learn more about the Planner's Playbook, head to verveventco.com forward slash Planner's Playbook. One word. Again, you can skip the waitlist and get instant access with my unique link by visiting verveventco.com forward slash Planner's Playbook. Imagine all the things you could accomplish if you had the right resources and support to guide you. Welcome everyone to episode 50 of the Ask the Planner podcast. I can't believe we are at episode 50, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting the show. Really, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you so much. Whether you're listening in the car, on the train, while cleaning your kitchen, or at the gym, I know you are out there and I want to thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. So today, as I mentioned earlier, I have a big announcement to share. First of all, the podcast has a new sponsor, and that is The Planner's Playbook. I know a lot of you are couples that are planning your wedding, but I've heard from many of you that are wedding vendors or new and aspiring wedding planners. I remember being in your shoes when I started in the events industry over 15 years ago. I wanted to soak up all of the information I could get my hands on. I read magazines, industry publications, newsletters, blogs, studied for different certifications, all with the goal in mind of becoming an awesome planner. But also, so I would just know what the heck to do when I came across some random unexpected scenario, which happens a lot in the industry and in live events. So I discovered Candace Coppola, who is my mentor and the mastermind behind the Planner's Playbook early on when I started my business and cannot be more thankful for all of her guidance, knowledge, and insight. Seriously, she is just 
goals to me. And if you're listening to this episode when it first airs, which is January 24th, she has reopened her doors to the Planner's Playbook for a week only until 8 p.m. on January 30th. So if you're a couple, just hear me out, speed through this, and then get back to the episode, I, I promise. But for all of my planners out there, hear me out. I want you to take a listen to what this thing actually is. The Planner's Playbook is an incredible coaching program for wedding planners that is literally your secret weapon to planning, designing, and coordinating magazine-worthy weddings. It's designed for wedding planners who are five years or less into their business, and it will give you all of the training and support you need for a multitude of things, including simplifying your planning process so you have a clear picture of how to work with your clients on any occasion or budget, like your timelines, checklists, workflows, proposals, contracts, you know, all of the things, or maybe even some of the things where you're like, I don't even know about that stuff, but I probably should check it out. Also, it will boost your productivity with really solid, awesome systems and processes that make wedding planning easy and deliver an incredible client experience. I could go on and on and on, but we have a show to get to, so I'm not going to. But if you want to learn more about the Planners Playbook, head to verveventco.com forward slash planners dash playbook. So it's planners playbook, but there's a little hyphen in between planners and playbook. Or just go to the show notes, which will be at episode or which will be at verveventco.com forward slash 50. Again, it's verveventco.com forward slash five zero for the link to um, the special link. And so something super important that I need to note, if you're listening to this episode after the, the launch has ended, meaning after January 30th, when the doors to Planner's Playbook has closed, you are in luck because the only way to get into Planner's Playbook if she's not in a launch or the doors are closed to the program is by using my unique sponsor link, which is at verbvenco.com forward slash planners hyphen playbook. Seriously, I love Candace and I have learned so much from her and I continue to learn more in my business as I continue to grow and up level. So if you're at all interested, head to that link or send me a DM. I promise you will not regret it. Anyways, that's my little spiel on that. That's my announcement. Um, now let's get to today's episode. As promised, today we are answering your listener questions. I have three to share with you today. If you have questions that you would like me to answer on an upcoming episode, please leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and drop your questions in the review. I literally read every single one and really thank you, all of you that have taken the time to already leave me a review. I read every single one. I refresh my Apple Podcasts to see if there are new reviews just so that I can respond to people. Um, and I really, really appreciate every single one of you guys that leave a review. So if you have a question that you would like me to answer on an upcoming episode like we are doing today, please drop a review, leave the question there, or if you really don't feel comfortable putting it on, an op- on a public forum, send me an email at asktheplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, also, if you don't have a question, but you still love the, the show, just leave me a review or leave me a five-star review. Leave a, an emoji. I love me a good emoji. I wish you could do giffies because those would be awesome. I really love giffies, but leave me an emoji um, or let me know the types of guests that you would like me to feature in an upcoming episode because, again, I read all of the reviews. Okay, so let's get to today's questions. Like I said, I have three questions to answer for you all today. Okay, question number one comes from Andy. Hi, I've been binging your podcast the last two days and I love it. So many good tips. 
I have a question about ceremony seating. Our venue has the option to do a partial flip, quote unquote, where guests are seated at their reception tables during the ceremony. Do you have any thoughts on this? Does it look weird? I see the benefit that you remove the hectic cocktail hour flip, but it seems super casual. Thanks, Andy. I think this is a really, really important question. Right off the bat, honestly, I don't love it because you won't really have an aisle. So when you are, you will, but it won't be like the aisle that you're probably picturing when you are first coming out, looking down the aisle, looking at your partner and you see your sea of faces, they're all going to be probably seated at round tables, maybe some rectangular tables. So that will be different. Also, it does feel a little bit more casual to me, and that also depends on the type of wedding you're having. If it doesn't bother you, then that's fine. But do think about how that is that experience is going to be for you when you're walking out to your ceremony on the wedding day. And then also for your wedding guests who, you know, depending on how big your wedding reception is, they may be farther away. There may be flowers in the way. They, it's just kind of a, a little bit more awkward because they're sitting at round tables. Some people might have to turn their back, um, and turn it around so that they can see you. So it's just, you know, it's, it's not horrible. I don't love it for that reason also. In addition, I always like to do a room reveal with my couple during the day. And I think doing something like this when you just first see the room, and maybe you're planning on seeing the room before it and then your guests come in, but I think it kind of makes a different experience because a lot of times I like to think of the flow of the day. So the guests arrive, they go to the ceremony, perfect. They go to cocktail hour, perfect. And then they see the room where everything will be, where you probably spent the most of your time as far as your budget and your decor. So that's just something to think about as well. I know venues will sometimes suggest doing this because if they don't have a set place for cocktail hour because their space is tight and they don't have a separate place for everyone to go while they are flipping the room per se, meaning while they're you know transitioning the room from the ceremony to the reception, it cuts down on their setup time. If that whole room reveal experience isn't important to you, then that's fine. I always worry because when I'm working with my couples, we spend a lot of time thinking about the decor, the layout, what the tables are going to look like. And if there is not, if they're only having an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes between your ceremony and your dinner to flip the room, it is very, 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 very rushed. So if you are planning to do a lot of decor and you want to make sure everything is laid out properly and nothing is rushed and all the cutlery is is the same amount of inches away from the table and the napkins are folded just so and you know all these different things, maybe it would be a better idea to have your guests sit at the reception tables during your ceremony just so that they don't have to flip the room as fast. But I think it all depends, again, like I say a million times on this episode or this podcast, it just depends on what your priorities and what is important for you. So 
if any of you all, I did answer this person via text or voice message on Instagram. So if any of you all are thinking about having that kind of setup, then take those things into consideration and then let me know what you do. Okay, question number two. Hey, Desiree, we need to cut down our guest list by 25 to 30 guests. We have found our dream wedding venue, but we don't think we can fit everyone on our list in this venue with the budget that we have. What should we do? Okay, so this person also sent me a DM and I responded to them with a voice text or voice message on Instagram. But anyways, so to this person, I said, I think you need to think critically about your guest list. What a lot of times happens with couples is that they have a hard time drawing the line anywhere with their guest list. They just want to keep adding this group. And then we're like, well, if we have to invite this group, then we need to invite these people. And if we invite those people, then we invite these people. I get it. It is, you want to be surrounded by all of your amazing people on the day of your wedding. So you have to think about it in reverse and start with the smallest list possible. So first, who are your must-haves? Who are your like, these are the people I have to have to have to have to have to have at our wedding. All right, write that down. Probably your family, siblings, your best friends, etc. Then you move on to the next group. Okay, next, who are the next group of people that you and I have to have? And sometimes your next group of people might not be the same as your partner's next group of people, but you've made the radius a little bit bigger. So if you're going into the family section, this could be your first cousins and no children or your first cousins and their children because you see them every year, but only their first cousins or maybe their second, up to their second cousins. As long as you have the same kind of ruler distinction and you're not going, well, this person should come, but this person can't come and this person should come. And there's a kind of a clear category of who you're inviting in this group or where this line is. That makes it much, much more helpful. So talk about that. Um, sometimes with the pandemic, sometimes couples will say, we'll only invite people that we've seen in the last two or three years because they're the people that we're probably going to keep seeing if it's awkward because we see them the next year within a year after their the wedding, then we probably want to invite them. But if you don't have that situation, then don't worry about it. Like I said, I think it's important to be clear with setting a rule of these are the people that we are inviting. If we have more space, then this next group or this next tier can come and they are the third cousins or whatever, or the friend group or the people that we met the last five years or our coworkers or whatever. But as long as the, the rule or this distinction is clear, I think it's a lot easier to, to justify to yourselves and to other people if they ask, this is why we decided what we did. I think you have to think about optics at some point because people will think, oh, well, they invited these people, but they didn't invite us or they invited those people, but not this people, these people. And I don't know why. So if you can kind of think through what those people are thinking or having a, a more dis- clear distinction of where the line is, that will be easier for you to to do. I know it is really hard to do to whittle down your guest list, but you have to make a choice. And these are priorities that you have to be able to verbalize to yourselves and to your partner, this is what's important to us. Sometimes you're going to have to make compromises, but I want you to make sure that these compromises are in line with your priorities 
for the wedding. Everyone has to do it. You're not the only one. Everyone is feeling your pain. And the last thing I'm going to say about this thing is hopefully people will understand whether or not you can and cannot invite them. I think that if they are your family or your really close friends or good people, they've probably been through it before. They're probably going to see it again, and they're going to understand that while you would love to have them, sometimes you just can't invite everybody, and that's okay. Or if you're also kind of on the the flip side where you maybe want to have a smaller, more intimate gathering, but you're feeling pressure to invite more people for whatever reason, think through how you want to spend that day and who are the faces that you really, really need to see on your wedding day. And hopefully that will make the decision easier for you. Okay, if you want more on that, there is a how to cut or how to trim your wedding guest list episode. That's one of my very, very popular episodes and I will link to that also in the show notes. But I go through much more in depth the do's and don'ts of putting together your wedding guest list. Okay, on to question three. Hi, Desiree. I just discovered your podcast. I am the mother of a soon-to-be engaged bride. I listened to several of your podcasts, including the one about hiring a planner. That was my top downloaded episode of ever, all time, guys. So you probably already listened to it. Anyways, I wonder if you could speak to those of us with a more limited budget and how to decide if spending that money on a planner is worth it. I am an excellent researcher. I just had a son get married last year, so I'm very familiar with the local area and venues. But of course, I'm not a wedding planner. I am a detail-oriented planning personality type. Thank you so much, Carrie. Okay, so with this, I and I get this question a lot from a lot of a lot of people, and I think people think that I don't like them or, or you know, I'm unhappy with them if they choose not to go with a wedding planner. I completely understand, and I talked about this in that episode too. Everyone has different priorities, and it's up to you what you feel comfortable with. How do you want to spend your time and money leading up to the wedding? Are you excited to plan everything and are you okay maybe not knowing everything? Or are you the super researcher that wants to do everything and you're, you kind of like the control um, and therefore letting go and handing off the reins to somebody else is going to be a source of anxiety for you? That's something to think about. Also, to this person who's the mother of the bride, will your daughter want a lot of the control leading up to the wedding? Um, whether that's she might want some of the control or will she be comfortable letting go of some of the control to a wedding planner? That's something to think about. Or how is your relationship with your daughter? Um, I remember when I was planning my wedding 12, 13 years ago, I feel like every time I got off the phone with my mom, I was in tears. And not because we had a bad or contentious relationship. It was just really, really stressful. We were just talking about things round and round and round and like literally in circles. And I'd be so exhausted. And I'm like, why am I doing this? This is just so stressful. And and it wasn't fun. I really feel like it wasn't the best. It was not like we went through like a really bad part in our relationship, but I definitely think that once the wedding planning was over, we went back to a much better, happy, you know, less contentious relationship because it's just really stressful. So having an unbiased third party like a planner will help in a situation like this. I did say that 
in this episode that I'm referring to, there are planners that work with different budgets. So maybe you can find a planner that works with budgets of your size. You never, ever know. There are planners that do higher end weddings like me that do everything soup to nuts for my couples, but there are also planners out there that focus more on the month of coordination or the they'll start working with you six to eight weeks out before your wedding and they focus on tying up the loose ends as you get closer to the day. I do not call it day of planning because that does not exist. It's not a thing. There is a lot of planning that gets done before everyone gets on site in order to make sure that everything does run smoothly on the actual wedding day. So to this person, I recommended that they reach out to someone that does something like this, where they do wedding management or wedding coordination. It's not full full service, but they do some kind of support because I think having a sounding board that will listen to your ideas and also guide you through it and make sure that they're talking to you before the wedding arrives and they're able to identify any holes in your planning. There is still time to mitigate any risks, to make a plan B, to address any issues before everyone arrives on site so that when you are at the wedding, you're able to actually enjoy it. And that way also to this person, if you're doing most of the planning, then you can do all the planning, do all the research, go at your own pace, and then you still have someone that is a professional that you can leave in charge of the wedding day so that you are able to enjoy the actual wedding itself. Now, if you're one of those people that does want to plan your wedding on your own, I do have the wedding planning template shot for that specific reason. It has checklists. My, my most popular one is the wedding planning checklist, which everyone loves because it is basically a play-by-play of every single month of what you should be working on. It has template budgets. It has all of these different things and spreadsheets so that you can get organized and focus on what you need to be doing and you don't feel like the blind leaning the blind or you're like, I feel like this spreadsheet probably exists somewhere and I'm just inventing it myself. But taking a spreadsheet that a professional has already put together and already uses is probably going to be very, very helpful for you. So that's at I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's at shop.verveventco.com um, for the wedding planning template shop. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com. On to my last question, which I think is actually question number four. So sorry, you guys got a bonus question. Okay. This question was from Nisha and she writes, Hi, Desiree. We are about to start working on our table assignments and I wanted to see if you have any suggestions. Do you use paper and pencil or is there a template or app you recommend? Also, any advice on mixing family members and how slash who to seat people with? This is a great question and I should go into it in a deeper episode um, in the future. But my go-to platform for seating is called Social Tables. There is another platform out there called um, All Seated. I don't love All Seated because I feel like... It- the, the software starts to lag and then it crashes. So anyways, my go-to is social tables. It is free if you are only planning one event. So for all of you, all that are couples, there is a free version and you don't have to pay if you're just planning, you're doing seating for only one event. It is a desktop version, which I like because you can see everything on a big, big screen. I haven't tried to do it on my, um, my mobile phone. I know there's also a, uh, a tablet version, 
but the desktop is, is much better. So with social tables, you create your floor plan online. You can use it. You can make it to scale so that you can put in the measurements of the venue, drop in all of your tables, and then you literally just upload your guest list and then click your person and then drag them to the table and then they get seated. Now, a tip for you before you start your seating is when you are putting together your RSVP list, meaning you're checking off all the people that are going to come, before you upload it into social tables, make sure you split it into individuals. So instead of saying Mr. and Mrs. Mike Adams, it would be Mr. Mike Adams and Miss Desiree Adams, so that there's an individual body, a person for each guest, so that when you upload it to the the social tables and then you're trying to seat each person, you're not seating this couple and this couple. You know that this body that you're clicking on is Desiree and this other body is Mike Adams. Otherwise, you're going to have repeats and you're not going to know who is who. So that's just something to, to keep in mind. So as far as that person's question on who to seat with whom, Depending on how big your reception is, sometimes couples give their parents their own table or they sit with their parents and siblings and then they seat their wedding party at their other tables based on different friend groups. Other people sit with just their wedding party and then each set of parents has their own table with that family. And then they go by friend group and friend group. It really just depends on family dynamics, how many siblings or people you have in the wedding party. There's a lot of different things that can go into it that you need to consider or you want to consider. And, and then in terms of pairing people up, I think it's nice to put people together with like is interests or someone that's more outgoing next to someone that's quieter. If you have singles or people that don't know a lot of people, I really think taking time to be considerate of that person and that guest and making sure that there is a table mate or a seatmate that seatmate that will help them enjoy the day is very, very helpful and will let them be able to relax a little bit more and have more fun at dinner rather, rather than them sitting by themselves or feeling like they're sitting by themselves and not having someone to talk to. So take time to think through who people are sitting next to and who is at their table so that everyone can have a really, really good time. So that wraps up the Q&A portion of this episode, but I did want to get into some other feedback that I received because I think hopefully this is a safe space and you all are here because you appreciate the podcast and you like listening to me and listening to my advice. So I have had people give negative comments um, on the show, mostly in the Instagram feed that I wanted to address here. Now, I fully appreciate that I am a wedding planner that plans high-end weddings Not everyone that comes across me will have the resources to pay me to plan their wedding, and I would never want to encourage someone to spend outside what they wish to spend or for them to take out a loan or go into debt because of their wedding. If you ever watch my stories, you all know that I often share that I'm a big fan of the Trading Secrets podcast with Jason Tardick because I love Jason's message about financial literacy. Everything it goes back to what are your priorities? Everyone's are different and everyone's means are different. And everyone, you know, even if they have the means, but they don't want to spend a lot on a wedding because they have other priorities, that's fine too. So with that said, I do receive negative feedback from time to time from people that I think judge me 
for my views or my reels. And they probably don't even listen to the podcast episode, but they're just commenting on my posts, which is their right. And I'm not mad at them for doing that. But I'm just going to talk about them here a little bit to just kind of give you all, not to like rehash it, but to just be honest up front with you all that I do read the comments, I think about them critically, and I also like to explain and respond to them too. So one, a while back, I invited a colleague of mine who was a wedding videographer to the show to discuss her work and how much videography costs. So the person who wrote the comment, has already, has since deleted that comment, but it was something to the effect of, I think $2,500 for not even 15 minutes for a wedding film is a waste of time. Ladies, don't waste your money, move on to something else or something like that. So I, I again, I completely think her point of view is valid and that's totally fine. Cindy, who was the guest on that podcast, wrote back a really intelligent and very kind response that ended up being deleted when the original poster deleted their comment. But basically Cindy was saying, which I say, which I say here all the time on the show is it just depends on your priorities. I think that there are many of us that work very hard at our jobs, regardless of the industry that we are in, whether you are a nurse, doctor, teacher, garbage man, janitor, whatever, the highest CEO or the the underling that's an intern, whatever it is, I would never though go up to a stranger and say, hey, I think you're overpaid or hey, I would never pay what you charge. I think that's just unkind and unnecessary. Like karma, I think is a big thing that I believe in. And I think you get more bees with honey than with vinegar. So if you feel the need to denigrate or be mean or rude to other vendors, I may or may not delete the post depending on how severe it is. I try to say it is a free speech and I think people have are entitled to their opinion. But if you're going to be super, super mean and rude, I might delete it because I, I don't want you to be criticizing the people that I have on the show that are volunteering their time. They're not getting paid to be on here. So if you don't appreciate it, then just keep going. Now, as a planner, if you ask me, is this person worth what they're charging? And I know your budget and your priorities. Absolutely, I would tell you whether I thought it made sense for your particular budget and wedding goals to spend on this person. That's my job, though. That's what you're hiring me to do. But if you're just a random person and you're like, I don't think this is this makes any sense. This is overpriced or whatever. Then, you know, that's your opinion and whatever. Okay. I also had someone speak negatively about wedding welcome bags, which we talked about in episode 46. Again, I'm sure this person never listened to the episode, so that's fine too. I get not everyone's budgets are the same and not everyone is able or willing to pay for wedding welcome bags, a planner, wedding favors, whatever. But that's why I have a free podcast. If an episode doesn't apply or appeal to you, then you can skip it. But for all of you all that are out there that want help planning your dream wedding and you want my secrets as a professional high-end wedding planner so that you can plan the most beautiful luxury wedding that you can't afford and that you would like to, welcome. This podcast is for you. And I'm so, so, so happy to have you. 
Feel free to support the podcast by picking up some planning tools in the wedding planning template shop or visiting our sponsors. But if you're just here for the free advice, I welcome you too. Like, that's why we're here. That's why we're growing. That's why I want to record these episodes and help you all. That's why I keep saying, tell me what you want to know. What do you want to hear? This podcast is here for you. So let me know what you want to hear and I'll make more of that content. I just wanted to create a safe space for all of you all to be able to ask your questions and get an honest answer from someone that's not going to blow smoke up your butt and tell you what I really think. So hopefully you all think that I'm okay and this is a safe space for me to tell you all too how I feel and what my thoughts are. I'm not making money with sponsored copy and telling you I like a product unless I've tested it, used it, and would 100% use it with my couples. So that's why we have the podcast. And hopefully you all that are still listening to this this podcast agree and are here for the same reasons. And thank you. Okay, so that is basically going to wrap up today's episode. Again, for the episode show notes and links, head to verveventco.com forward slash five zero. That's forward slash 50. And don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You all know I'm not an influencer. I don't have a gigantic following, although it is growing every single day, sometimes by the hundreds on Instagram. And I thank you all so much for being here. Every single review helps our little show get seen and found by other couples and vendors that are looking for help in their wedding planning. So I really appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. And again, like I said, if you have a question, drop it in your review and I will address it in an upcoming episode just like this one. And leave your Instagram handle if you are comfortable and I will follow you back. Throughout the year, I will be sending some gifts to people who leave a review. So if you want a gift card or something else fun and sweet, maybe some champagne gummy bears, I haven't done those in a while, drop your IG handle in your review and I will slide into your DMs and get your address and send you a gift. Okay, now for the review of the day. This one was written by C. Coy. Ask the Planner gives you so many great behind-the-scenes looks and full access to what it's like to plan a wedding before you actually get into planning a wedding. Desiree had me on as a guest for wedding videography, and while being a guest was so much fun, I also love listening to her show. Because here's the thing, I know when I hear actual good advice being given. Being an insider, I know when it's lip service or when someone's just trying to fill up space and add content. Des doesn't do this. Oh, thank you so much. She asks hard questions from wedding professionals that her listeners aren't necessarily going to ask. You don't know what you don't know, right? If you want to avoid wedding planning surprises, have questions about planning your wedding that you were maybe too embarrassed to ask, or have been putting off a part of your wedding planning because you haven't wanted to deal with it, this is the podcast for you. It's like having an undercover planner for you. I can't believe how amazing she is. Oh, thank you so much. That is so thoughtful. I like that part about being an undercover planner. It's true. It's giving you all of my secrets and all of my my behind the seats peaks. But thank you so much for leaving that review. I so, so appreciate it so much. And I will definitely read more reviews in upcoming podcasts. Finally, please don't forget that I have a coupon for all of you podcast listeners out there for the wedding planning template shop. So if you want to save on any of my wedding planning templates, use the code podcast for 10% off anything in the shop. Again, you can visit the wedding planning template shop at shop.verveventco.com. And 
Next week, I am joined by the Silk Stem Collective to talk about faux wedding florals and if they are right for you. Then in February, the month of love, I'm interviewing real couples on their wedding planning experiences so you can hear from others that have been in your shoes walked in your footsteps, and lived to tell about it. I really have enjoyed interviewing these couples, and I hope that you all get a lot of information and insight having listened to these couples who have planned a wedding just like you. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little bit different. Again, if you didn't like it, let me know in the reviews. Like I said, it really means the world to me that you join me every week, and I cannot thank you enough for your support. I will see you all in the meantime on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast and on TikTok at Verve Event Co. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you.